Revelation chapter number 1. I'm going to take just a few moments and lay the foundation of what we will be looking at for several Sundays, probably a couple of months. And we begin back in the spring just simply preaching on that phrase, that disciple whom Jesus loved. We said that he sat where the others wouldn't sit. He sat with his head leaning upon Jesus' bosom. And you can get as close to him today as you want to. Scooch on up, have a seat. And because of that, when it come time to stand by the cross, he was the only disciple there. He stood where the others wouldn't stand. And because of that, he got to serve when the others didn't get to serve. He's the one that got to take Mary, the mother of Jesus, home with him and his family till she went to see her son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And because he sat, because he served, because he stood, he got to see what the others didn't see. And that morning, after a long night of failure, Jesus comes and nobody knew who it was, but John said, that's him. He got to see, well, what did God let that man see? And it just exploded in my heart what John saw. We've been trying our best to get to the book of the Revelation to preach on the 26 times in 22 chapters he used the word behold. And how many believe today when you're looking at Jesus, the blood, the resurrection, the second coming, the new Jerusalem, it is a sight to behold. But before we could get here, we could not overlook those five chapters of First John. Where he got to see what's going to make us able to see heaven. And boy, we got into that propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Every time I hear that song, I want to thank Jesus for the plan of salvation. I'm glad it is a non-Calvinist plan. I'm glad it is a whosoever will plan. And I thank God for what John saw. And so now we finally worked our way to these 26 times. And I'm not going to preach on all 26 today. We're going to do what we do when you sit down at a good restaurant. You order a drink, and I mean Coke and tea and water. And so we've been drinking some Coke and tea and water and some half and half lemonade. With That's the only mixed drink a Christian ought to drink, half tea, half lemonade. Linda Taylor, I hope you're listening to that. I mean that for you. And then the waiter comes by and you order what they call hors d'oeuvres. I call it pre-getting fat. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to order the starters. And I just want to lay a foundation and then we'll build upon it. We'll put some meat and potatoes on it in the weeks to come. And one Sunday morning we'll put some whipped cream and dessert. We're going to finally, the Lord willing, we're going to end up with that, behold, I saw the holy city. Praise God. 
But in case the Lord comes before I get through preaching the revelation, I just want you to say, I tried to tell you. I want you to turn to somebody beside of you today and say, in the name of Jesus, are you ready? I'm glad today my ticket is punched at Calvary. Behold, John liked that word, the Holy Ghost inspired of him to say it many times. You find John the Beloved's first behold in his gospel where he said, Behold the Lamb of God. How many believe today when it comes to the Lamb of God, he's a sight to behold. And then in 1 John chapter number 2, we've already preached about it. Behold what manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And how many agree today, not only the Lamb of God, but when you get when you see the love of God, what a sight to behold. And then you come to the book of the Revelation, and 26 different times he says, Behold. Behold the Lamb. Behold the love. But when you get the Revelation, it's, Behold the land. And I'm glad that God has prepared a holy city. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. And only prepared people get to go. You say, how do you get prepared to go? You put your trust in Jesus Christ and the finished work of Calvary. I believe this morning there are three words that will unlock the treasures of the book of the Revelation. Let me just say this, in the beginning, a lot of times we get happy. We get all excited and we talk about the book of Revelations and we put an S on the end of it. And if you're from the South, E-R and S goes on everything. But it's really not Revelations, it's one Revelation. And it's not the Revelation of St. John the Divine. It is the Revelation of... Of Jesus Christ. What does the word revelation or the word reveal means? Well, the opposite of that word means to cover, to veil. But when you reveal it, you take down the cover. And back when God said in the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth, that was a plan in motion. And that plan has been covered down through the ages. Every once in a while, through a prophet or through a psalmist, we would get a little glimpse of what was behind that cover. But when you come to the last book of the Bible, God takes down the veil and said, here it is. I want you to get a look at it. And what a sight to behold. There are three words today that begin with the letter B. I believe that will unlock the treasures of this wonderful Wonderful revelation of God. Number one, write down the word, a bride. John saw a bride. Beside of that little word, write down God's divine people. God reveals in the scripture his bride, his divine people. Who he loved, who he saved, who he prepared heaven for, who he's coming back for. 
And who is going to dwell forever together with him. God shall be their people and God shall be their God and they shall be his people. And I'm going to explain to you in the days to come. He saw his redeemed people, his raptured people, his rewarded people. It's going to be good. God saw the bride, his divine people. And then write down this little word, the word book. God not only saw a bride, but he saw a book. And beside of that little word book, write down this phrase, God's divine plan. And in this plan, in this book, he'll show you the past. He'll show you the present. And he'll show you the future. There's one verse in chapter 1, verse 9, that will literally unlock the entire book. God said in the book of Revelation, John, write this down, the things that you have seen. What is that? The cross, Calvary, the blood, the resurrection, what purchased our redemption. Then I want you to write down the things which are, chapters 2 and 3, which cover the church age. From its birth and Pentecostal power to the apostasy that will give it apathy right before Jesus comes. And then he said, I want you to write the things that's going to be hereafter. And from chapter 4 to chapter 22, it's hereafter. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. And the saints are going home. The world doesn't know what's taking place. Politics doesn't know what's taking place. The world has no idea that we're on the threshold of it all coming together. Can I run one rabbit if I don't get into the chicken eating time? Let me tell you something. The world is thousands of years behind what the saints of God already know. And don't you let these scoffers and these mockers, don't let them shake you. Because according to First Peter, those that mock and say, where is the promise of its coming? They're part of prophecy, fulfilling it, and don't even know it. I read the other day in a news blog that these scientists from California, of all places, says something is about to happen to the world. Duh. I want to say, where's your sign? Now, for you spiritual people, you didn't get that, but you carnal people loved it. You want me to say it again. They said the earth, Richard, you'll love this. He said the earth has reached a tipping point. And if one more glacier falls off of a mountain and dumps into the sea, we're going to have a big flood. You're too late. The big flood doesn't happen. But he said that flood is going to so shake the earth. So shake the earth that the stars may fall. And the sun will burn out. We feel like the earth is reaching a tipping point. I'll agree. But let me tell you what that tipping point is. When the King of Kings and Lord of Lords says, you're flipped. The weatherman is not in control. Obama, Osama, or your mama is not in control. 
He's still the King of kings. He's still the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And I'm glad, praise God, we're on the little end of something big. God wrote about the bride, God's divine people. God wrote about a book, God's divine plan. I want you to come to our text this morning. And I just want to whet your appetite a little bit on this third word. He not only saw the bride, he not only saw the book, but he saw the beloved. Not his beloved bride, not his beloved people, but his own beloved. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Brother, you want a full glimpse of who Jesus is. Read the 22 chapters of the book of the Revelation. He saw the beloved. He saw the beloved one, Jesus. And beside of the bride, you write down God's divine people. Beside of the book, you write down God's divine plan. But when you get to the beloved, you write down beside of that word, God's divine person. Can I say today, it all started with Jesus Christ. It continues with Jesus Christ. And it will consummate in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it will finish in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a glimpse of Jesus we really get. Until you get to the book of the Revelation, it seems like someone is in the shadows. All these events are going on in the Bible. And it just seems like there's somebody in the shadows, behind the curtain. But when you come to the book of the Revelation, he walks out of the shadows and he steps center stage and says, I'm not a type. I'm not a figure. I'm I'm not a foreshadow. But here I am. It's as though he's saying, you want to know what the rainbow was all about? You want to know what Abraham's altar was all about? You want to know what Noah's ark was all about? You want to know what all Abraham's star counting was about? You want to know what that brazen serpent was about? You want to know what all them animals being sacrificed at the tabernacle on the day of atonement were about? You want to know about them songs the psalmist sing and the proverbs and the poems that the porter wrote and the message of the prophets? You want to know what it's about? It's about me. Here I am. I am he that liveth and I was dead. And I'm alive forevermore. Well, glory. What a Savior. It has been my desire for 39 years. When you walk out of this church on Sunday morning, never say, what a preacher. No, that's never been my desire for 39 years for you to walk out of this building and look at somebody and say, what a preacher. No, that has not been my desire. But my desire for 39 years is for you to walk out this building and look at somebody and go, my God, what a Savior. What a beloved. What a divine person. It begins with Jesus Christ. It continues with Jesus Christ. And I can't say end in Jesus Christ because there's no ending. He's from everlasting 
everlasting. To quote one of my heroes, Sammy Allen, who is in heaven, he said, I often heard people say, pray for me, preacher, when I come to the end of the way. He said, there's only one end to Christianity, and that's the end you get on at, and there ain't no getting off place. You said, well, we're going to wind up in heaven. It won't be over. We'll just begin. And let me just throw this in. If you think we got happy a while ago, just singing about the plan of salvation, looking through a little window about that big, what do you think's going to happen when every saved person from Pentecost to now gets together in a glorified body and don't see the plan of salvation, but sees the person of salvation? It just may erupt. It just may get on. I love to go up north where Brother Barry and him's from. I have to have an interpreter up there, but I love going. I was preaching in Michigan not long ago, and this lady said, talk to Arthur. That was awesome. Awesome. It's great, man. Praise the Lord. I said, well, thank you. And I preached that same sermon in Mississippi. And this old boy said, I think they said the same thing. But aren't you glad one day it's going to get on in glory land because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to prove to you that the Bible is the inerrant, infallible, inspired, impeccable, impeachable, indispensable word of the living God. Because I'm going to preach the rest of this message and do nothing than read my text. And it's going to preach itself. You will not need a commentary nor an instructor. Enjoy what you're about to hear. This will be the best message I've ever preached because it's total scripture and no authorized opinions. That went right over your heads. You blondes, y'all got to do better than that now. Sorry, brother. I'm sorry. Revelation 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who by record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw, blessed, blessed is he that readeth And they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which has written therein for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come from the seven spirits of God which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth.
Lord, I know I'm unworthy to read this, but you saved me and you washed me in your blood. That's what I claim. God, let me read it. Thank you, Jesus. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins and his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book. And send it unto the seven churches that are in Asia. And he named them. Verse 12. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment now unto the foot, girt about with paps with the golden girdle, and his head and his hairs were like wool and as white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire, and his feet were like unto fine brass, as if it burned in a furnace. And I heard his voice as of the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and its countenance was as the sun that shineth in its strength. And when I saw him, and when I saw him, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand on me, saying unto me, Fear not, 
I am the first. I am the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. Mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks and the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. All I got to say is he was He is, and He will always be. He was the King, He is the King, and He always will be the King. He was the Redeemer, He's still the Redeemer, and He always will be the Redeemer. He was my Savior. He is my Savior, and He always will be my Savior. He hath appeared to put away the penalty of our sin. He doth now appear to give us victory over the power of sin. But He shall appear one day to give us victory over the presence of sin. He hath appeared as my Redeemer that I might be justified. He doth now appear as my great high priest that I might be sanctified. But he shall appear as my King of kings and Lord of lords. And I shall be glorified. And the greatest day in your life is when you met him. And you learn that the plan of salvation was a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. I want us to stand all over the building this morning.